Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm really good because as we talked about this roller coaster ride of will there be football or will there not, I'm I'm back up. I mean, I feel today, today I feel like there's going to be football. So I'm uh, I'm super excited, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to get so excited that I croak when the rugs pulled out from under me, you know, so so I don't want to get too excited, but uh, I'd say today is a, it's a good day. Hear me? Did you, can you hear this? No, I hear you. I, I now hear you. Okay. I didn't hear uh, you for a few seconds. Yeah, I, yeah. As, as once again, I muted myself to let you have the floor. And then I was going, I saw a CBS sports story that I figured, hey, this is a good a place to start as any. And uh, they had a very loud ad come on. And it was, uh, the song was Return of the Mac. I thought, hey, that's, that's that could be our new intro. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not even telling anybody it. about it. Let it be our intro. Um, Dig it. So, but the story is, Denied comes out with a headline says SEC and ACC Big 12 considering plus one scheduling model with shortened 2020 season becoming an inevitability. And I think that's going to be the case. I mean, it's going to be a shortened season when the Big 10 and the Pac-12 have already said at best we're playing only uh, conference games. Yeah, it's going to be a shortened season. Right. So, so I'm thinking out loud here, so I might be totally screwing this up, but I believe the Big 12 and the Pac-12 playing nine conference games. I mean, the Big 10, the Big 10 and the Pac-12. I think they play nine. So it makes sense that the SEC can keep the conference schedule that's in place, the eight-game schedule, just add a game so everyone's playing nine, assuming – that the, the game that's added uh, for Alabama is, is BYU, I'm assuming. Well, I, mean, I, I think, yeah. that what's going to happen? I, I don't know. According to Dennis Dodd, and I'm sort of flipping through this as we're talking, uh, Dennis Dodd says the plus one structure would preserve traditional SEC-ACC rivalry games this season in a limited schedule. Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, South Kakalaki, Clemson, Kentucky, Louisville, that would otherwise be lost in a conference-only format. In that scenario, Gary Stokin already knows he could lose – he's the, apparently the chairman of the Chick-fil-A thing or whatever. He could lose the Florida State, West Virginia, Georgia, and, and, and Virginia games. Um, it, it's a weird twist on addition by subtraction that will allow Stokin to be that matchmaker, creating a pool of possible new opponents for the September 5th, September 7th games. The Auburn-North Carolina game, theoretically, would not be impacted. Um, but, wow, that is that is kind of interesting if you – okay, so instead of having Florida State-West Virginia and Georgia-Virginia in the game, I mean, I'm – I guess theoretically Alabama BYU could be there, but I don't think it will be. It'll be in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have any inside scoop on that. I'm just kind of hearing what everybody else is hearing out there in message board, social media land, but there does appear to be quite a bit of momentum that says Alabama is going to play BYU either in either Labor Day weekend or week two, uh, or what is week two now, (laughs) uh, and that game would be in Tuscaloosa, and and uh, 
there may be a return game to Provo in this deal uh, down the road. That's what I'm hearing now. You know, we were, we were supposed to go to Provo a while back. If you remember when we played BYU in uh, 99, I think it was – or was it 98 that we played? 98. And mm-hmm. 98. Um, and Sean Alexander had the five touchdowns. Um, we were supposed to have a return game then, and I guess it just got canceled or whatever. I mean, it's probably got canceled when we got on probation. I would, uh, I would like to. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a daunting trip, but uh, I would like to see a game there. I think on TV that stadium is beautiful. It is, but I can't imagine it's an easy place to get to. I have no idea. Uh-huh. I haven't looked at a map. None of that. I just can't imagine. Provo, Utah is like, oh, yeah, you just, you know, go up here and turn right. There it is. That's not, I, can't <laughs> I bet when you're in Provo, it's not hard to get to. But uh, what's hard to get to, you know, is Utah. That's hard to get to. Yeah, Utah is Utah in general. And then it's like finding a needle in a haystack that's already in another haystack. <laughs> a much bigger, more barren haystack. Um. But that's apparently right. where we are. I mean, in terms of, don't you agree? I mean, I haven't read the Dennis Dodd article that you're reading, but even without that article, like I said, even beforehand, uh, that's the momentum of eight conference games plus one. The conference games plus one, meaning you can play one non-conference game. But, uh, boy, it opens up a Pandora's box of legal issues because, obviously, Alabama is going to have to cancel games with Kent State, Georgia State, and UT Martin. Now, my guess is UT Martin weren't going to play anyway. I, I don't think we're going to see any FCS football this, this fall. That's my, my – I've been saying that for weeks. Uh, so, leaving Alabama really only having to cancel Kent State and Georgia State, but I bet their lawyers take the position that, uh, hey, you, we, we're, we're owed cancellation fees here because we're, we're willing to play those games. Well, I – I mean, I haven't seen uh, the MAC or whatever Georgia Southern's in come out and say, hey, we're not playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'd be willing to bet that they're not playing. Uh, that's just Maybe my not. guess. Um, and therefore, that would be the loophole. And here's the other thing. Um, I'm sort of torn on that because in these troubling times, you would think that everybody would have sort of – some empathy towards whomever. And, um, but if you're Georgia Southern and you need that paycheck to keep your program afloat, you may not have quite as much empathy. Um, Well, they want people to be empathetic to to them. (laughs) They're like, Hey, we we need some empathy too. In the form of a check. That's the thing. Uh, It's going to be just interesting how this whole thing gets handled, but you know, I mean, look at Wisconsin and the, and the Indianas and the and the Ohio State's had some MAC teams on their schedule, and they've already said they're not doing it, so they they had to do something. And yep. they're not all just writing a bunch of checks, are they? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 what I do know is this: uh, the SEC in in these contracts, it does state that if if Alabama has to uh, revamp its conference schedule then that's the out. You know, if you have to, if, if, if circumstances dictate that Alabama's conference games have to be moved around, add them, lose them, whatever, then there is no cancellation fee that's owed those schools 
uh, in the event of, of, the, of the game not taking place. However, if the SEC sticks with this schedule that's currently in place, you're playing it, these eight teams that have been scheduled and, and there's no changes made to any of it, then those schools will say, well, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't have to, you just decided not to play us. Uh, you didn't move around your conference games. You didn't add or subtract or, 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 or add new teams. You just chose not to play the games against us and we're willing participants. So that's what I think is ultimately going to be the legal issue. But that being said, uh, a cancellation fee is probably not uh, it's probably not enormous, relatively speaking. Jimmy, let's talk about your new uh, endeavor. You're, you've got a new gig coming up. We were supposed to talk about it in the last podcast, and then uh, the gerbil stopped spinning in your computer, and uh, you, your power went out, and you had to um, you had to leave us. So why don't you tell everybody about your new, more sports-related uh, career opportunity here? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm already working. Uh, I guess you would you would say it's part time because I'm still still doing the law thing. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be winding down the uh, the law practice and working full time for QB Country. That's a, a quarterback training uh, company that's uh, run and owned by David Morris, the nationally known quarterback coach out of uh, out of Mobile. And uh, QB Country has 11 locations in eight states. Uh, each location is run by its own coach, uh, but it but it's it's one company. It's not a, it's not 11 different companies. It's one company. Uh, in, incredibly successful group. QB Country has been 40 quarterbacks trained by QB Country signed Division One scholarships just just in the in the 2020 class. 40. That's that's a lot. Uh, there are, and they don't just train uh, middle school, high school, and college quarterbacks. Several NFL quarterbacks continue to be trained uh, by QB Country, including uh, Jake Fromm, Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones, Nick Mullins, A.J. McCarron. Uh, and that's just off the top of my head. So they continue to even work with, uh, with NFL quarterbacks. But uh, what, I, what I'll be doing specifically is more uh, helping in, in what we call recruiting services, meaning that uh, these quarterbacks, the high school quarterbacks that are being trained by QB Country, uh, most of them are college prospects of, of some level. And uh, one of the things that, uh, that they can receive when they're trained by QB Country is uh, assistance with the recruiting process. And there's all sorts of assistance we provide uh, you know, including uh, including uh, promoting the kids on all QB country media, which is substantial. Uh, also creating the media that's used to, to hype them and, and sort of uh, sell them to, to colleges in terms of like, uh, you know, we put together a video of their workouts, uh, counseling, a lot of, a lot of just want to know, just want to be educated about the process counseling about, hey, these are my opportunities. Uh, what's your opinion about all these places? Even reaching out to the extensive network of coaches uh, that, that QB Country has built over the years in terms of, hey, you know, we got this kid and we, we think he's a good fit for your program. Uh, so, and, and further, there's some, uh, some media services we'll be providing as well to kids who have an interest in sports media and uh, we're, we're putting together a program for that. So it, it's a, it's a, 
It's a full-time endeavor. They're great people. It's a great, great company. It's a great outfit. David Morris does an unbelievable job training quarterbacks. And, and, and really, you can almost look at a list of the best high school quarterbacks in the country, and, and a su substantial percentage of them are trained by QB Country. Um, so I'm really happy, really excited about it. And, and uh, in the future, I'll be with QB Country full-time. I don't even know if you can tell everybody this, but I'm, I'm curious, what does it cost for a kid to get into the program and to be promoted? I'm sure there are different levels of, you know, right. uh, what you can pay to, to have done. Right. It's all different. It, it, it is all different levels. And no, I can't get into the specifics of, of, of that. Anyone interested, feel free to call me or David Morris if you if you got a kid that wants to be trained. Uh, call, call me or David Morris and we'll, we'll hook you up. But it, it's different levels of service for everything from, you know, you pay more, you get more. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, if you're a quarterback that's trained by David or any of his coaches, uh, they're going to help every, every, every kid they train to set with, with recruiting. They're going to help all of them, whether they're, 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 they're paying for the, big, the bigger services or the smaller services just simply because uh, they're coaches and they're really invested uh, in these kids and want to see them do well, but you know, it's, it's, it's not uh, crazy expensive uh, in terms of the cost when you consider what you'd be getting out of it, you know, which is a scholarship to attend college is worth more than ever these days. As a matter of fact, we hooked up a kid the other day with an FCS school and, uh, and we were talking to the dad about what that scholarship is worth in terms of real dollars saved for them. And it's, it was a stunning amount. And this is an FCS school. This isn't, wow, my kid's going to Duke. I mean, no, this is an FCS. This is a private FCS school. But the cost of attending that school was just stunning. And, of course, the dad was like, thank you so much for all this help. It, it, it was so, you know, what y'all did was so worth it because uh, of the money that they were able to save in, into six figures, as far as they're, they're concerned, we, we saved them six figures. And, you know, so, that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast, but that goes back to should you or should you not pay the players? Are they already compensated? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I've been fine with whatever, uh, but man, you, you're right. I mean, it is a huge money saving thing. And so if you can get, a scholarship that's positive. And, you know, that's another thing about this pandemic that, again, I've been talking about football is not just a game. Um, these A lot of these kids depend on these scholarships. And, hey, you guys kind of depend on it. Although I would say during this pandemic, it may have had the – it may have actually benefited you guys because you can even more so say, hey, this is why it's important to be with QB Country because you need that scholarship. And um, – you. You know, everybody's kind of in a financial tight right now. I mean, there are very few people who aren't taking a hit in the pocketbook these days. So it's it's even more of a great investment to look into something like QB Country. So, David Morris, if you're listening to uh, <laughs> Locked on Bama, taking sponsorships over here. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. All right, Jimmy. No, I'd, encourage, I'd encourage people to, uh, you know, that follow me on, on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I'm now retweeting a lot of QB country stuff. And I, I think there's a lot of good football stuff to, to watch on there. Some of these workouts are really, are really fun. Uh, where, where, 
where David will put a kid through. I mean, I, I call it a pro day workout. He doesn't call it that at all. He doesn't even like that term, but that's kind of what it just reminds me of. He just puts a kid through a workout where the kid makes every throw in the book, you know, whether you're talking about short throws, medium throws, the, the bombs, uh, you know, the, the post routes, the, 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 the out and ups. I mean, every, every route on the route tree is run by the receiver. So you see the kid make every single throw and then you speed up the tape so you can watch him make all sorts of throws in just a minute and a half. And uh, it's a great, I think, uh, recruiting tool because the coaches that are evaluating these kids can see can see them make every throw uh, in a minute and a half. And uh, I, I think I think a lot of the football fans out there, I think y'all would enjoy watching that stuff. All right, Jimmy, for this last segment, um, we're going to go back and talk a little bit more recruiting. Uh, Damon Payne should be committing to Alabama on July 26th. It looks like um, that's big and uh, that's another five star. And we've been talking about how, Alabama's going to make a move for that number one spot. Um, Ohio State's going to be tough to catch, there's no doubt, and they're still in on a bunch of big guys. But, you know, I'm just enthralled with the overall world of recruiting right now. And for Georgia to miss out on uh, James Williams, the electric – he's going to be a safety, I guess, at the next level – in favor of Miami, I think speaks volumes. I mean, that is huge news because everybody and their mama, including probably James Williams' mama, had him penciled in to head to Georgia. And so now that he's going to um, to Miami, it says a lot of good things about Miami. And this does have an Alabama tie-in in two ways. First of all, because Georgia is kind of a rival of ours at this point, And we play Miami next year. <laughs> True. And, uh, you know, we talked about this very subject the other day about, you know, when it comes to the really big names, the, the true five stars, it's, it, it affects everybody. It's like, it's like a domino thing. But, but, the, but the main, main thing is, like, like we said, when, when Alabama plays Georgia, now James Williams won't be playing for him. I mean, it's, it, affects, it affects the outcome of the games. I mean, it's just that, that simple when you're talking about, uh, you know, kids like him who, who, who are com- the completely legit five stars and, and everybody in the recruiting world to sort of pencil James Williams into, into to Georgia's list of signees for, for weeks and months and for him not to end up at Georgia in so many ways. It's like a win for Alabama, uh, although Miami is on the schedule uh, next year. But, uh, gosh, big, big recruiting news, and uh, it will be even bigger on Sunday if Alabama is able to land Damon Payne, the defensive tackle from Bellevue, Michigan, and uh, from where we sit right now, Luke, I would tell you that uh, I really, really like Alabama's chances on Sunday. Yeah, I feel strongly about that, too. And, and uh, who else out there, Jimmy, are we not talking about enough? I mean, who else is out there that you think Alabama could be, be in play for? Uh, I, I saw the JUCO uh, defensive back, who's probably the top mm-hmm. JUCO defensive back in the country. He said he's going to announce soon. I also saw um, – Jeremiah Williams out of Ramsey should be uh, announcing soon. Most people think it's going to be Auburn, although Florida is right yeah. there. Alabama was on the list at one time. I don't think we're going to get it. I think it's going to be Auburn, and, and it has nothing to do with anything negative about Alabama other than we signed four outside linebackers last year, already got two in this class. And I, I think I think just the sheer numbers of kids Alabama signed at his position or uh, is, is, is as responsible as anything for, for him choosing Auburn. 
Yeah. Just um, crowded at the end, as they say. Um, and so who else is out there? Do you think this could be a class that ends up number two and number one in the country without a quarterback or a running back? Yeah, I do. I, I really do because there's a – I think Alabama is likely to sign at least one more big name at receiver, whether that's Malcolm Johnson or Brian Thomas maybe. One of those two would be a, a huge name. Uh, not so much a huge name, but I, I know Alabama's super high on William Parker, offensive lineman from Nashville, who's, uh, who, who's deciding soon. I know Alabama likes him a lot. It, it would be a nice addition. Robbie Ouse the tight end from South Carolina. Again, not a very highly ranked kid, but uh, but but a guy Alabama really likes. Uh, Shamar Turner, uh, I think, maybe as athletic as any defensive lineman in, in, in this class, in this country. Uh, he may be leaning to Alabama over Texas A&M, Texas, and LSU. Um, Terry and Arnold, Jaquincy McKinstry, and Jason Marshall are three of the very best defensive back prospects in the country. All are likely Alabama leans as of right now. Uh, Xavier Sori, a, a linebacker that's uh, transferring to IMG Academy, could easily end up at Alabama. Tim Keenan, an excellent nose guard prospect from Birmingham, uh, likely to end up at Alabama. Pretty highly rated kid, so you <laughs> You, you, you start adding in all those guys, and it's hard to imagine that not being the number one class. Uh, it would be un- unbelievable. And, and like you said, Luke, especially with no quarterback and no running back who, who are kind of the, you know, the Ferrari and the Porsche of, of most recruiting classes. Uh, now, th- th- this, this Alabama class full of trucks, big trucks, trucks. Um. Yeah, and I'm seeing some more crystal balls roll in for Damon Payne to Alabama. I mean, I think that's becoming one of the world's worst-kept secrets that he eventually will be um, committing to Alabama. And, um, yeah, that would be – that's a big one. Uh, So one other art thing that came up was an article in The Athletic talking about Bryce Young and how talented he is and how one coach anonymously said, hey, he's every bit as good as Tua Tungvaluwa. And look, I'm not a, I'm the I'm the world's best at not being hyperbolic. <laughs> what are you, um, I, I couldn't even help but laugh at that my own joke there. Um, but I I kind of agree with the guy. Now, I've been saying all along. I still think he's going to be the quarterback. Well, I could not be more excited about Bryce Young and Bryce Young's future at Alabama. Could not be more excited. But the comparison, it's just um, you know, it, it could ease. He could he he could be that good. Uh, I, I think that he will be. In this sense, I expect Bryce Young to win a whole lot of games, maybe a championship or two, and become a Heisman contender. I, I think those things are realistic projections for Bryce. But at the same time, you know, comparing him to Tua, all Tua is is the greatest quarterback that's ever played football at Alabama. That's that's Tua. So just the comparison feels unfair. But at the same time, uh, I think it's realistic that he can achieve the same things at Alabama that Tua did in terms of championships, Heisman runs, records, wins. Uh, I, I think he can do all those things. Well, let's hope so. I mean, the Bryce Young, the Bryce Young phenomenon is something we will talk about multiple times 
uh, over this the remaining month or so that we have left. The AHSA is apparently coming out tomorrow and saying all things, all circuits go. What do you say? All systems go. That's what you say. All circuits go. What the hell is that? Um, all systems go. I like it. And that we're apparently going to have, it's not called the Champions Challenge anymore. It's the HSFA, HSA kickoff classic or something like that. And apparently that's still going to happen. Um, of course, it's all subject to change. If Kay Avi comes out tomorrow, the governor of Alabama, and says, hey, you know what? Things are much worse than we thought. Everybody's shutting down everything. Okay, so be it. Um, but for now, I think the plan is for the HSA to uh, to just keep moving forward. And uh, look, I'm I'm happy about that. Uh, I hate it for the state of California and some of these other states to decide to either postpone or cancel the seasons. But, um, you know, at least uh, we'll have the AHSA on our sides. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. Uh, I, I, I doubt. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do about fans at the games. I would imagine it's going to be lim- zero or limited. But uh, but I am uh, happy that all of the kids that play football and, and fall sports all over the state will, will get their seasons as of right now. I just hated uh, to see them lose out on all these uh, important life milestones uh, due to the virus. And uh, yeah, as it, you know, it's not going to be normal, but uh, just anything resembling normalcy is going to be great. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Bama. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, the next episode we will have will be out Friday. Uh, no telling what we'll be talking about. There's so many things that can happen between now and then. We'll have baseball will have started and a whole bunch of other crap. So uh, <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have a bunch of stuff out there to tell you about. So, uh, Jimmy, roll tide. Roll tide.